All right. Uh, this is the Theta Gang podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGang.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast, future podcast, should not be considered financial advice. Today is February 21st, 2022. Uh, I have stock positions in, let me just see here real quick. I have stock positions in PayPal, NVIDIA, and AMD. Thank you. So today is President's Day. Uh, we had today off for uh, the stock market, and I hope you had the day off today too. Uh, if you uh, work a nine to five uh, slash school, uh, but if you did have to go to school today or you do work today, I want to say thank you for keeping uh, the restaurant open so that we can go visit them and uh, you do keep the retail system alive. So thank you for those that couldn't get today off, though you wish you had today off. Uh, you do make a huge difference. Uh, I remember doing my fair share of uh, working on holidays when I was working at like Witch Witch or like Korean Barbecue, like all these, all these restaurant places that, you know, you wish that you could spend time with your friends um, <laughs> on the day off, but you seem to be the one that always works the holiday hours. I feel that. I feel that. I remember those days. Um, but yeah, just want to give a quick shout out to those that are working today and to those that are also off. So, I mean, let's just get into it. Today is, uh, like I mentioned in the intro, today's February 21st, 2022. Today's President's Day. And uh, yeah, futures are really, really down. Um, just to give a little bit more context on why I'm looking at them, um, I went to a wedding, a beautiful one in San Diego, a few close friends, and then um, now uh, back at home in Orange County. And you know, I, I come back, I'm relaxing, and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I need to record the podcast. And then just to get like a little bit on like how the market might be feeling, I type in stock futures on Google, Go to, I end up on CNN.com, and then I see that futures are down super big. So NASDAQ is down 3%, S&P 500 is down 2%, and the Dow is down 1%, or AKA the Dow is down more than 400 points, which honestly is a pretty big deal. And my two cents on that right now, just from like a price point level, is that like a lot of stocks are on the like the weekly support so if i just go like nvidia for example like 230 is a pretty strong support as of late as of the last month um but i mean if we're gonna gap down three percent and nvidia will get caught in that it looks like we're gonna be headed down to the next support um but or at least that would be where i would start considering um you know reducing my cost basis or buying more shares or, or whatnot but uh, yeah, a lot of other stocks are uh, like this as well. So for example, uh, go to like another one of my holdings, AMD. AMD looks like it looks pretty steady at like the 110, 112 area that's currently sitting at right now. But then, um, you know, with tomorrow's price action of a minus 3% day, maybe we actually end up seeing an AMD hitting $100 again, which, you know, a lot of people, uh, have mentioned like, oh man, I wish you know AMD would hit a hundred again, um, because I missed uh, when it f like flash crashed down to one hundred. Well, now you can kind of put the, uh, your money where your mouth is um, and actually pick it up at the one hundred price uh, if it gets there, right? Like it's so easy to just say like, oh man, I wish I bought it earlier at this price when it was lower. Oh man, I wish I sold it at the top when it was higher. 
But no one knows where the market's going to go. We don't know what news headlines are going to come out. We don't know how the market manipulators are going to act. We don't know when the people are going to take profits. So take some time to reflect and ask yourself, like, hey, are you down to pick up AMD at 100 again um, if you've missed out on the first time? But what happens if AMD uh, goes down to 80, like after you buy your um, AMD stock at 100? Are you going to have enough to buy more when AMD is at 80? Are you going to want to buy AMD when it's at 80 after a 20% haircut from 100? These are the types of questions that you should probably be asking yourself right now before the market opens, right? Like if the market opens and you start getting bombarded by Ukraine and um, uh, Russian news, that is recipe for disaster. That sounds like emotional put buying, emotional call buying. And some of you might say, well, Junie, if I emotionally bought puts uh, the other week, then I would be doing great. But that there's a reason why you didn't do it. And the reason why you didn't do it is you weren't scared because there was actually some market relief last week uh, that we felt some green uh, earlier in the week that, you know, kind of swayed you away from buying puts. But now, you know, when the market opens tomorrow, minus 3%, especially for tech, which is the, the industry that I trade, then a lot of people are going to start thinking like, wow, you know what, we're just going to hit the next support. Let's just buy puts here. And that could pay off. But what I'm trying to say is make that decision before the market opens like, or make the decision after the market closes. There's no reason to go and put like 20% of your net worth in a position that expires eventually uh, and uh, trying to make the best play possible like on the way down and the way up because day traders don't make money. Like these swing traders that are all over Twitter that like say like, oh, you know, we're going to. We're going to go to the moon with these swing trades. I know the best entries. I know the best exits. They don't show their profit loss. So take it on yourself to plan ahead and plan like outside of market hours. And you will do way, way better. Um, some things that, you know, that help me during these times are like, uh, look at AMD, for example. I like trading AMD. I feel comfortable when I trade AMD. So... Um, you know, I'll start looking at like 100 as like the target price. So, you know, am I going to buy puts at tomorrow open, um, targeting 100 as the price uh, that I'll exit the puts at? No. What I'd rather do instead is look forward to AMD hitting 100 and then making a decision then like, oh, am I going to write a cash secure put here or, you know, or am I going to possibly just buy shares and write a cover call? Uh, like, just making sure that when the market is acting very volatile, you start trying to do things in a very targeted way instead of um, you know trying to time it. So having a hundred dollars per share of AMD is uh, is a target. Uh, I'm not trying to time anything really. It's just if it reaches a hundred, I'll probably do something there. If it doesn't reach 100, that's fine. I nip by puts that are constantly losing money uh, if the market were to rebound. Remember that like, when you have a portfolio, you want to protect it. And you could buy puts to protect it. But you know, once you start buying puts to generate a profit, uh, that's kind of where you start slipping into the, the, the day trader uh, mindset. And you might end up getting got. Might you end up winning or gaining tons of money? Yeah, sure. But I would argue that uh, most people do end up blowing up. So just make that decision on your own and be careful. Some other things that I've been like just, you know, noticing, I guess that's the best word is 
looking at a few stocks on my watch list. I'm looking at Shopify right now. Shopify is at 650. That is crazy to me. Um, 650 being a, a price that's lower than when I used to trade it, like before or during the pandemic, like right at the cusp of the beginning of the pandemic, I used to trade Shopify at like 760. And now that it's below that, and then hearing that tomorrow uh, NASDAQ is going to be down 3%, Shopify is going to have an even worse day. Shopify, the founder is sick, right? Like, he plays StarCraft. He sponsors StarCraft tournaments. Like, it, he's a cool dude. Um, I can't say much more about uh, the context outside of the how I built this episode on Shopify. If you, have, if you are a Shopify investor or you think about um investing in Shopify, that is almost like a prerequisite uh, before investing. I think you should all listen to the Shopify episode um, of on how I built this by NPR. Very, very good uh, episode, just talking about how the company's built, all the challenges that they have to face, and you know, forward-facing comments and whatnot. It's a few years old now, I think, like a like two years old now uh, episode. So it's not as, as contextual as like, you know, coming up with challenges and overcoming them during COVID and stuff. Um, but, you know, regardless, I think it still is a, a good bit of content uh, to listen to and take up some of your time while we watch the market kind of drift lower and lower. This is a uh, very short and quick reminder that taxes are also due on April 18th. So if you have not started your taxes, uh, Please, please get them done. Uh, why am I talking like as if I'm responsible for your taxes? Um, and this was also sponsored by uh, Intuit TurboTax. You, <laughs> no, I wish, I wish. Imagine the bag that you that I would secure if I was if I sponsored an episode by TurboTax. That'd be crazy. Uh, but we'll keep that on the goals <laughs> goals list. So <laughs> just as a. <laughs> Just as a disclaimer, I actually don't use TurboTax, <laughs> but I have been seeing just a lot of commercials about them, so uh, I guess this is some free advertisement for them. And so I was actually going to just go straight into today's topic, but I want to really emphasize the whole like waiting for the target bit that I said, um, because tomorrow... I'm basically just going to reiterate what I had just said because I think it's just going to be ultra important tomorrow. A lot of stocks are at their supports, at their weekly supports. So we've we've had a really rough January. We've gotten some uplift from some pretty cool earnings like from AMD um, uh, and uh, Google. Uh, but all these other companies, right, are uh, like dragging the market down, especially with the Ukraine and Russia tensions. We've developed the support and it's going to be broken tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a very, very red day, at least for part of the day. Will we go down, plummet, and then somehow flip green? I don't know. I have no idea what this market is going to do. Uh, neither does the next person. Uh, but what you need to start really honing in on is not going all in too fast or over allocating which is a bit of what we'll talk about in today's episode just talking about the the most recent plays that i've done and just kind of going through my mindset with those um but tomorrow it's going to be it's going to look very lucrative of buying long puts like you're going to be tempted to buy those and you can feel more here 
I say that uh, you feel tempted like as if it's going to be a bad thing. I don't think buying puts is necessarily a bad thing. I think what most people buy them for is a bad thing because people stop caring about their main portfolio and start to only want to profit on puts. That's what I've seen from my like last two and a half years of managing like a group of people but also like managing like social on Twitter and just getting so much more feedback from people on just like how people trade, right? Before I did all this day gang stuff, I would always trade on my own and I'd be in this very small bubble of like friends that also traded and that would be my sample group. But now I've gotten like all types of people writing in for emails. I've gotten all types of people in the DMs, all types of people on Twitter, all types of people on ThetaGang.com. Like there's so many of these extra uh, avenues of feedback that I have access to. And so I'm just like kind of giving this like this overall warning for all those that are listening right now that tomorrow it's going to be very enticing to buy the dip. And if for those that have listened to this podcast a long time is that you shouldn't try to buy the dip just because someone else said to it's very very relative to how much cash you have left in your portfolio and what your game plan is for the next few supports given your stocks that you're invested in already right so just because you know you see a minus you know potentially three percent day for nvidia tomorrow doesn't instantly mean like okay this is the bottom i'm gonna put all my money to nvidia and let's go right uh, for me, it's okay. I have 300 shares of Nvidia. I have a pretty close to the money cover call that's gonna print pretty huge tomorrow, so that's good. But then I have to start looking at okay, where is the price gonna head to? I'm looking at Nvidia possibly going down to like 210 or 200, and so I'm making like a mental commitment right now that hey, you know what? Tomorrow it's going to look very ugly, but I'm not gonna want to buy long puts because I don't have a good history of the, with those. Um, and then I also don't, um, I don't want to go in too much without having to see if we establish a base at the next support, which is what I see on NVIDIA as like the 210, 200 area. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have gone in, um, got, I would say, um, already by now, um, uh, because they would either play long calls. Like imagine all of the option services right now that um, tell you to buy puts and calls right now, right? Like it's, it is a death sentence right now to tell people what to buy or what to sell or, or what to do. The market right now is so volatile. I cannot imagine what their DMs must be like with frustrated, you know, uh, quote customers that sign up for their service and they're getting got like left and right. And then I can't imagine on top of that, what excuses they're telling their uh, frustrated customers. Uh, you know, maybe they're like, oh, you know, I only put in 1% here. So you should have only put in 1% or, you know, uh, I had, I already sold this, sold out of this position, but you know, I forgot to tweet about it. So, you know, that's, that's up to you to figure out your own risk reward ratio. You know, it's, it's scary, right? Like the, the, there's people, there's so many new people in the market now because of the GameStop craze that are searching for that one answer of like, okay, where is the market going? What do I buy? Please help me. And so just be extra aware, you know, that like if you see these like very famous accounts on Twitter that show like Twitter alerts and then they also say like, um, you know, if you followed like f the like the what is it I'm, I'm like i'm like stumbling over my own words if you followed our twitter alerts 
Um, there are free Twitter alerts from last week. Uh, we hit like five out of five last week, uh, and they all one thousand percented. And then you know they don't talk about the other like forty five they've already tweeted this week that all lost, right? So just be careful. I feel like I always have to bring this up when the market gets super crazy, um, or else people start forgetting, and then I start getting the emails saying like, "Oh, Junie, you know, I never thought it'd be me. I listen to this podcast all the time, but I finally got gotten." I'm just trying to prevent those. So if you're listening to this right now, you know I have nothing against those that need to make their own bag or secure their own bag by selling this option service. But you owe yourself um, a fair service, right? Like you want to make sure that they post their winners, post their losses, and they can explain to you in a way that you can understand of why they won and also why they lost. And uh, I also want to just double back on, you know, I just recently talked about like, oh, if you're getting got, you know, don't don't listen to Twitter alerts too much, blah, blah, blah. But there's, there's some sub percentage of people that are invested right now, right? Like on the way down from uh, the January of this year, there are a good handful of you, including me, that have been buying stocks on the way down, thinking like, okay, this is where we bounce. Okay, this is when we bounce. Okay, this is when we bounce. Or, you know, maybe it's not even that mindset. It's like, okay, you know, I've always wanted to own the stock. It's finally at this price. I've wanted to own the stock. You know, it's finally below this price, whatever. We have accrued stock. And we have a lot of stock that is presumably red. I'm just going to, you know, lay that out there, right? Like, I'm red for the year. Right now, I'm down 13.4K on a... 207k portfolio so that is a what what is that two 13.4 um divided by 207 times 100 um that is i am currently down 6.47 percent and that's without tomorrow being one of the worst days in the market um presumably for this year so uh i'm not doing amazing um, but I'm also making sure that I'm not going all in anytime soon. I caught like a whiff of me going like quote all in um, last week, which I actually um, exited my trade on, and I have full proof of it. By the way, at thetagame.com/juni, I'm actually trying to sign in right now. Um, give me give me one second. I'm not I don't want to just like keep rambling, but give me a second. Let me log into my thetagame.com account and we'll kind of just like go over what I've been thinking. All right. Um, and so on thetagame.com slash Juni, um, I have one of these trades here that I opened last week that I think gives the best picture of how I'm feeling uh, right now just in general. Um, right now, just give you a little bit more context before I go into this trade. Uh, I have 300 more shares or 300 shares of AMD right now. Uh, they are covered with with covered calls. Um, but here, writing on this note here, um, the opening note for the AMD trade uh, that I opened says, I thought about two choices. One, uh, buy 300 more shares to lower my cost basis aggress- aggressively to sell six covered calls with decent break even. Or sell one cash secure put so I could dollar cost average my double down. I'm choosing option two because it requires less capital in our still turbulent trading environment. Uh, And so I let that trade uh, open for about a day. Um, And then on Friday, we had a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy week. And so 
Um, my closing note uh, for the AMD trade says, Rocky ending to the week. I am de-risking and choosing to close this out for zero because I like the risk reward of just getting assigned on my 300 shares and selling cover calls on just those instead. So what I ended up doing was I opened this cash secured put uh, on AMD and then a day went by and I just saw how crazy the Thursday to Friday movement was. And I was just thinking like, you know what? This is just too a little bit too volatile for me. I'm just gonna exit this out uh, for my break even and then I'll choose to do something like next week. Um, this was on top of the decision where I already knew that I was gonna get assigned 300 shares of AMD um, that I made a commitment to prior to this trade. So a few things happened there, right? Like I acknowledged that like, okay, I'm about to get 300 shares of this thing uh, and I'm in no rush to double down or AKA I'm in no rush to buy 300 more shares. So I made the decision to sell just one cash secured put, but the price action spooked me. And I said like, you know what? This is just a little bit too much right now. I'm gonna wait for the market to like kind of settle down and then I'll potentially open it later. And so I closed it for break even uh, and so this decision here, uh, even though I closed out for a break even, aka like zero profit loss, is a win to me, right? Like imagine if I did not de-risk uh, this cash secured put, this cash secured put would be pretty red uh, tomorrow when we open minus 3% on the NASDAQ. So it's, it's really just about... Um, like kind of knowing where your mental max loss is. This is like a topic that I've talked about not for a while, to be honest. Like this is kind of getting back to the coronavirus vibes or the coronavirus crash vibes where, you know, me losing on this cash secure put, like getting assigned at a lower um, price than the strike is not a huge deal. What is a huge deal is just like tying up the 11K that I would use to write this put that I could potentially use later on an uptrend where I'm not feeling this is stuck or idle money. Um, a lot of trading right now for me is making sure that I don't go all in um, on the way down. Like I would like for this to be one of the first times where you know I experience a market crash and I actually have a good bit of cash ready for like the proposed bottom or like the uptrend for the bottom because as you all know as i say multiple times on this podcast like i got caught on the coronavirus crash down where i got assigned eighty thousand dollars worth of stock when i only had eighty thousand dollars so i was all in from the very bottom and i chose not to sell i chose to just write it out and i ended up okay right now you know it's not as bad. And I think I've mentioned that before too. You know, I don't think, you know, just because, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a conflict, right? And there are tensions that are rising. But the companies that we loved just last year before New Year's are still the same companies. Um, there's like less coronavirus uh, news now. Um, and, you know, the pandemic is less of an issue than it was when the coronavirus crash first happened. Right. The only bad news now is seems to be like either uh, interest rates going up, which is OK, because I'm tired of my DoorDash order being like 30 bucks um, and uh, the Ukraine and Russia news, which, you know, to be honest, I don't know much about. And I'm not really much of a news oriented person because I have enough, 
you know, things to worry about in my life, like my family, um, and just like my interpersonal relationships with my friends and stuff. So, uh, you know, looking and seeing the market going down because of those factors makes me feel okay, right? Like when the market was going down because of the coronavirus crash, I was scared, right? Like I, I'm not going to say like, oh, you know, I got assigned 80K and I knew everything was going to be all right. Oh, I'm so sick. That, that's definitely not how I felt, right? Like I felt scared. I felt I put on gloves and I put on a mask and I put all this precautionary stuff just to go to the grocery store. Like I thought the world was ending. Like a piece of me thought the world was ending and a piece of me wanted everything just to be uh, like okay again. And things are starting to show that things are going to be okay again. And then now... The news media seems to be like all about interest rates and a potential war and conflict. And to me, you know, I got to make sure I don't let my ego get ahead of itself is like, okay, Junie, you've been here before. You've gone through a crash that's that's actually worse than this. Let's show everybody what's up. Let's all let's just buy every single dip on the way down from here and we'll be we'll be good. And then that'll show everybody like, oh, you're so sick because you've done this twice in a row. Right. That's my ego talking. Right. The realistic part of my portfolio talking, the one that wants to still buy a house, the one that still wants to have a nice driveway to raise kids and, you know, like teach them how to ride bikes on, is still there too. And I have to make sure that I don't get too ahead of myself um, trying to prove someone wrong or some prove someone right or whatever have you. Like, I need to trade for me. And this is like a reminder, um, you know, that maybe if I'm trading this way, that you trading a similar way could be good too. I see a lot of folks in the crypto space getting like absolutely destroyed right now, uh, investing into their favorite crypto coins. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of weird, uh, not going to lie, because I was there. I've been there before. I've been there wanting an altcoin, wanting to moon. Uh, I've been there wanting Bitcoin to go up and Ethereum to go up. So it drags my altcoin up. And I've, I've been there. Um it's 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 all really the same though uh just making sure that you don't allocate too much of any one thing from your portfolio and portfolio doesn't have to just strictly be uh stocks right like you can have a portfolio that exists in like coinbase and you know say tastyworks and um or robin hood you know um oh sorry i had to sneeze um but yeah so my number one you know tip that i can say right now is do whatever you can to not be all in i think being all in right now the risk reward does not make sense at least to me if you think you could time the bottom like uh like a smooth operator i think by all means this is probably the dip of a lifetime and you can make a lot of money but darn like if if i went all in like say tomorrow and the market kept on dipping. All I could, all I would be able to think about is like, wow, Junie, how, how did we get here again? It's not even coronavirus, and I'm all in on a dip. Like, how did we end up here again? And so a lot, of, a lot of what's been helping me is just focusing on other things. Like, I have a lot of website changes that are about to be pushed out. It's gonna make it a lot more like social focused. Which I think it will be a lot, a lot helpful too, as long as you know everyone remains mature, you know, helpful and kind on the website. But I think uh, you know working on things outside of the stock market will give you a lot of 
like honestly a lot of clarity into like how how things are going um just on your day to day like i can understand if the market went down and your day is ruined because you know you wanted to buy a house for that money <laughs> i could empathize with that um but i can also empathize that if you want to take a break and you just wanted to keep your stocks just alive and well and you wanted to just focus on i don't know a finger painting or uh, ceramics or any of that stuff like go do it like i think this is the perfect time to start doing those things um because it just seems really hard to escape the news these days uh, i think the news has been really blown up since the coronavirus just because we've gotten more accustomed to just like consuming from these news feeds um just being at home all the time or a lot more at least so I think I think that's it. I think just you know making sure that you de-risk when you feel like you need to. I think that's very important. I think um, making sure that you don't go all in uh, too early is the other point. Uh, some of you might say like, "Oh, Junie, like how the heck am I supposed to know when um, when the bottom is, and how am I supposed to know when I'm supposed to uh, go all in or not?" And to that, you know, some of, some of, a lot of that could actually be answered with. How about you just never go all in? How about you just promise yourself that like you'll always have like this percentage of cash just readily available, at least until like maybe the volatility or VIX goes down to a certain percentage. Because honestly, tomorrow VIX will also be very high. Like these these option prices are going to be insane for the puts that you might think about buying, or you know maybe if you're a permable and you think tomorrow is just going to be the absolute bottom then the calls will also still be expensive. So just so many things to think about. And if you don't think about these things and you're just like this like uh, trader that trades for fun or you know you just kind of don't know what you're doing, but you do all your trading in the morning when all these, like you like think about it, you, what you do is you wake up in the morning, you, all your senses have been reset, right? Like you're just waking up, the sun touching your eyelids and you, you're touching your eyeballs when you like wake up. Like that's already enough sensation already, but you choose to like immediately open your phone and then the very first thing you see is like the Dow is down 400 points and you, you're like getting all this sensation into your brain, right? Like that's telling you like, oh, we need to do something. We need to panic. We need to profit on this or we need to de-risk this. We need to do all this. You're going to want to feel like you need to plan your entire portfolio in your bed, horizontal, crusty-eyed, and that's just not the time and place to do it, right? Like, the time and place to do it is definitely, uh, like, outside market hours. Or, you know what? Like, a cool thing might be, like, a cool middle ground is, like, if you're listening to this on the way to work, you know, after this podcast or after listening to, you know, one of your other favorite podcasts, when you finally have that quiet time in the car, instead of putting music on, because I like taking music breaks, right? Like I like listening to podcasts and then music and then podcasts again and then music. But maybe instead of music this time, or maybe instead of the next podcast, you just dedicate some mental bandwidth because you still got to drive, right? <laughs> but dedicate some mental bandwidth just thinking about like, um, you know, what you're going to do with your portfolio. What are you going to do with this red position? What are you going to do if this position gets to this number? What are you going to do? You know, if you see it actually be green or flip green, are you going to buy more then or are you going to wait it out and see if that was a dead cat bounce? So many different questions that you can just always be asking yourself, but so few people do because it, it's really boring. Like, why why would you want to do that? Like, oh, you know, I just kind of trade on my phone. I kind of buy, buy on dips and I kind of let um, the market handle itself. 
or you know the market is really efficient and so blah 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 yeah um so you know just know that tomorrow market open is probably going to be red uh it'll probably be very very red um just know that you're not gonna be red alone i will also be red um it's just definitely like what you do during these days that really make your year right like if you if you end up buying calls at the wrong time or buy puts at the wrong time or you double down too early, it really, really affects your entire year, right? Some of you are also saying right now, like, that is so obvious, Junie. Like, of course, if you mess up in the beginning of the year, of course, that's going to make your rest of your year harder. Yes, that is super obvious to me. But what I'm trying to just emphasize is that you need to think about the decisions that you're about to make like this week because it will, yes, influence the rest of your year. A lot of you say like, oh, you know what? I messed up in the earlier of the year and that messed up the rest of my year without saying like, okay, uh, before making that initial decision, will this mess up the rest of my year, right? That's Those are the types of questions that you need to start asking. Not like after you've done and lost or maybe you know you're lucky and you've done and won. You ask yourself right then and there, like the max loss of this, you know, put credit spread or call credit spread. Will this mess up my, you know, annualized returns over the next, like, I don't know, four months? Like, is this a, is this a max loss I would typically open on a put credit spread? Am I over allocating uh, my capital? Will I be okay if we, you know, went down another three percent tomorrow? Like. You need to ask yourself these questions before you open your trade and ideally outside of market hours and uh, you'll start trading just like way more robotic. I, I won't say you're not you're, I won't say you're gonna become instantly a better trader, but because you're doing these plannings like outside of these emotional hours of the market being open, you will make better decisions, more calculated decisions. I won't say that you're instantly going to become better. You know, you're not going to instantly be like be making lots of money, um, because that takes time and definitely takes grit. Um, and you know, without going into it like a, another whole topic, a lot of that grit is riding out the red waves so that your red positions can have can catch up back to green. Ideally, right? Like you're not waiting for your red position to go from red all the way back to green without any further assistance because that's what the extra cash on the side is for, which is more emphasis on, you know, should I be doubling down right now because that's more capital that I could be using later on a uptrend if I just waited, which is something that I'm already working on or that I'm currently working on too, is that, right, like I shouldn't, ha I shouldn't have opened this AMD cash secured put in the first place. But what I'm proud of myself is that I closed it because I just, I just had a feeling and I knew that I wasn't comfortable with putting more risk on for this, you know, I've, I've said here like verbatim this a still turbulent trading environment. So that's just a little bit more context and just how I'm feeling, how I'm trading. Uh, and I hope you all do uh, uh, reasonably well tomorrow um, and for the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow is also Tuesday and that's 7.30 p.m. Pacific time will be on a Twitch live stream, I'll be showing my profit loss there too. Um, tomorrow will be extra interesting be just because it'll be so red. That means my profit loss on the day will be extra red. So if you want to come see that to make yourself feel a little bit better, um, then that'll be fun. Uh, again, that's twitch.tv slash 
real Theta Gang, uh, and that's 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is all fun for me. Like, I love coding the website. I love showing my face on stream and trading and helping other people that, you know, uh, have a similar path as me as learning how to trade. This is the environment that I like to thrive in. Uh, you know, last year, like the last like half of the year when the market was only going up, that was pretty boring. Like, not gonna lie. Like a lot of people were making money. Like that's that's all fun and games. But now is the time where I get to really like, like, uh, what is it? Like, I get to talk the talk right now and walk the walk while no one's really like looking or listening to financial stuff, right? Like when people are red, engagement actually goes down, believe it or not, right? Like when you are not winning, you don't like to talk. Um, that is like a very, very real trend um, of just like, just interaction, human interaction. Like if you're not feeling good, you're gonna be less sociable. So right now, I'm still being just as sociable. I still record a podcast every week. I still do my live stream every week. But when things get really, really green again, because that, that's just me being optimistically bullish, I'll then be able to say, hey, listen to my podcast back during coronavirus crash. I was just optimistically bullish. And then look back when you know we had that Ukraine-Russia thing. I was optimistically bullish. And I still kept on doing all my podcasts. I still kept on working on the website. I still kept on doing this, blah, 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 blah. This is, that's my motivation for doing stuff right now. And I hope that if you are listening this far, because it's 37 minutes into the episode, that you can find a hobby that you can do something similar in. It's like you've stayed consistent with this <clears throat> hobby, like, I don't know, jujitsu, frisbee golf, raising orchids, raising shrimp. <clears throat> Ooh. Yeah, my voice is like shot because I was like screaming at the wedding. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think that's it. Uh, I hope everyone has a fantastic week, despite it being very, very red tomorrow. But remember, the market doesn't define you. And uh, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I can say is, uh, if you are a nice person, you will be fine. Look into it as deep as you want or as shallow as you want. But I think if you are a nice person, you will be fine. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna quickly um, go through, I guess, the script and the patron names, and that's Pocket Change, Avrilian, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZM, Symmetrics, um, Pasture Bedtime, Empty Cans, Mods, Norkel, Royal, Mitch Bay Seven, Upstream Puddle, Craig Thomas, GG Wilson, BJ Kim, Statistical Ram, CGNY80, Mister Integrity, Drevi, Deleted, Geoffrey Eighty Six, Island Bell, Wheaton, DJ Mac, DJ Mac Eighty Six, Nob, Vlad TC, Mop Andy, T Fifty Six, Trivanas, I'm Hayden. Little Mr. Sneezy, Mano Dum Dum, Grand Behind 85, Leo Jessen, Fancy Wolf, Master XC, McFly, Seneca, LG Smith, Memehmed, Checking Dinner, uh, Ivan Yurikhanov, Arfman, Lord Skeletor, Laser Reservist, Adjuster, Kriput, Kaput, Restier, Shifty, AG, Beta Ray, ULXV, El Finko, 4RT, Can't Make Money, IRL, and Ensis88. You can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang, where I stream. Again, that's. If you're listening to this on the day of the release, uh, that's tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. That's every Tuesday um, on twitch.tv slash realthetagang um, and Twitter at realthetagang. Um, you can email me at juni at I have like a 
backlog of emails that I'll start reading on the next podcast episodes, I think. Um, if you want your email read on the podcast, uh, this is probably the best time to do it uh, before I put them like on a backlog wait list again. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to be doing all the emails, um, just, just smashing through them. Um, and so if you want yours to be read or have a chance to be read at least, uh, just email me one at uh, junie at thetagang.com. Uh, Thetagang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks and signing up with Thetagang referral code is a huge help. And that's Thetagang, one word, all caps. Again, the Theta Gang, the next Theta Gang merch uh, item is going to be a shirt. Um, and uh, yeah, Tastyworks has agreed to sponsor some of the shirt. And so that's super awesome. You'll see uh, the Tastyworks logo on the back of the shirt. And I think it's going to look super sick. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Man, what... What a time to be learning how to trade stocks. Like, imagine if this right now was the environment that you first started trading in. I mean, I know I also said that during coronavirus, but like, when I first started trading stocks, uh, it was 20, I think like 2010, 2011. I probably bought my first share of like either one share of Nvidia. Which I think was like one ninety nine, like one hundred dollars, one hundred ninety nine dollars, or like one share of Blizzard, which was like thirteen bucks, like one of one of those. I don't remember which one was first, but I also remember do paying like five dollars commission on some brokerage. I don't remember which one though. Um, but yeah, like learning how to trade right now, and then learning about puts and thinking that like puts are. Like going long on puts is like a generally like good strategy. Like thinking that is not the business, right? Some of you are like, wow, Junior, you seem like a permable. You're so annoying. Do you ever think the market's going to go down? Like what about you right now? You you would profit a lot if you bought puts, right? Um, you know, trading is like a lifelong commitment, okay? Like um, – Maybe if you're a roaring kitty or someone that makes it really big and actually quits, um, or like someone that uh, quits while they're ahead, I mean, um, then maybe you have a point there. But for those that are like me, that don't get like monstrous returns, but do get like a decent sized return, it's hard to imagine that I'm going to stop this. And so like the lifelong trend of the stock market seems that it goes up. And that's how I play it is the market rarely goes down and if it does go down it usually goes back up and so to me buying puts as a directional play doesn't make sense at a probability standpoint i don't care about the probability profit for long puts um it just still every time i buy them it just not it has not been like a good experience and that you can see that on juni uh, or not Juni, but theygang.com slash Juni. And you can see all the long puts I've written. Or not written, but that I bought. Uh, and, you know, most of them, I I'm sure that I've profited on, like, at least one uh, on, on there. But, like, most of them, or at least the ones I remember, are the ones that I lost on. And those were usually the ones where the market was hitting its bottom and I finally got my emotional heart strung and I finally bought some puts. And then, you know, the market went up from there. Um, and so some of you, if that didn't help like 
you know, sway your opinion on puts, uh, puts, I think, are better suited to protect, not to profit. That's something that I've been saying all, for a pretty long time now, is that, you know, if you have a sizable position, like, for example, you do end up going all in, um, and you have a lot of your portfolio, like, invested, maybe you're not, like, all into the dollar, then securing some of your profits via puts might be the best option because, you know, it is, um, it is, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? It is leverage, right? Like each put represents 100 shares and because it expires, it's also cheaper. And so if you use puts accordingly, like maybe as an emergency measure to protect some of your profits or protect some of your position, uh, if you're all in when you can't afford to save, for example, like double down and buy another 300 shares or something, then I think puts start making sense. But if you are a college student and you have $10,000 uh, that you saved up and you worked so hard for, you're working at Jump Juice, like sweating into the drink because you're just working so dang hard because it's so hot and the customer line is like out the door. You decide to put use that 10K instead of buying shares of companies that you really like and that you see a good future in and preparing for like, I don't know, your future. Uh, you decide, hey, you know what, 10K, I can see that money later in my life. Why don't I just put 10K into this option that expires this week and then I could potentially have 100K. Uh, and then right now, you know, tomorrow, puts are going to be on the menu because we're going to open down really bigly. And so you get tempted to buy all these puts, the 10K that you work so hard for, and then it evaporates uh, because potentially there could be a dead cat bounce. Is the downtrend over? No, but there could be a solid bounce the next day just because we went down so far and like a certain percentage of the United States thinks like, okay, I'm going to buy some of the dip here, whatever, and that causes some sort of dead cat bounce. And then, you know, that might get you spooked where you exit your puts for a loss, uh, and then, heck, we could even continue down lower, and then uh, your puts would have made a profit, but you didn't have good timing, right? Think about how much timing is required for you to do something like that with your 10K to make it 100K. It's very, very hard to do. And um, Wall Street Bets is very good at, yeah, as much as they say it's against the rules, like it's okay to actually glorify losses there. Um, but then glorifying wins is definitely something uh, that they do, which is not against the rules because that's what it's all about is like, you know, uh, spending thousands of dollars to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but you know, as as I'm, I think it's it's because I'm getting older. I don't know what it is. It's just like my risk reward tolerance is starting to go uh, further and further down. Uh, I think it's also because like a, a house is like on my horizon. Uh, so just always thinking about that, uh, thinking about like my family uh, and just like all the hardship that you know my mom has gone through and how much the medical bills cost and all, all that stuff. It just really put like a perspective on money for me that I want to protect. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, beyond like the market stuff, I guess um, my mom has been doing better. Um, actually, uh, my mom uh, has energy to like text me now, so that's cool. Um, when I call her, she sounds you know happy. You know, I don't know how much of that she's faking it for the you know for the few minutes that I do talk to her, but. Um, yeah, 
to to those that might just seem like, that say like, oh, why would your mom fake that? And my mom's like that. Like if she's weak, she'll like you know pretend. You know her or her heart is to be strong for her son. That's like that's kind of like how how me and my mom kind of like rolled as if we were uh, as I was growing up, and I guess she, as she was growing up too. It's crazy seeing your parents after not seeing them for a while too. I know it's only been like a few months since I've seen my parents, or maybe like only a month to be honest. But like every time I call, it's like oh I could tell my mom's getting a little bit older and my stepdad's getting a little bit older too. Um. What else? Jiu-jitsu, right? I feel like I've been getting a lot better. Uh, like, out of nowhere, actually. Uh, I felt like something has clicked. I felt like a large part of the game has opened up for me. Like, if you if you roll or do jiu-jitsu, like, I'm, I'm learning more and more about leg locks. Like, every time I roll, I'm starting to go for those a lot more now. Um, whereas before, I was a, very much like a top player. Like, I would, I would just, like, stay on top. Or if I do play bottom, I'll play like half guard, and I'll, I'll kind of just you know sweep and try to get my back or try to get my way back on top. But now, you know, I'm going against like like a lot like people that I feel like are bigger than me. We're in the same weight class, but I feel like they're just like way stronger than me. So I've been resorting to like trying to get a little bit more technical with the legs, and it's been working. And so that's been like my go-to. If I feel like you're stronger than me, I'll attack the legs. If I feel like I have a decent chance with you, I'll like do a fair game with you. Um, so that's all been super fun. I think I'll compete soon. Um, yeah, I've taken a little bit of a break on Dota and I think a large amount of that is just because I've been working so, so hard on the website. I mean, I think I did a good job explaining my excitement or showing my excitement on the last podcast episode, but the changes that are coming to the website are huge. Like the, the website will just feel so much more like a home base and I I'm very very excited to push that out um I think I'll end up pushing it next weekend um but we'll see I'm still ironing out a few navigation bugs because navigation is pretty darn hard sometimes in a single page app um what else no I think that's it happy Monday y'all to tomorrow Tuesday is also taco Tuesday um, the stream is tomorrow. The market will most likely be down tomorrow. But we got each other. We uh, we're we're not like screaming at each other. I mean that that was one thing that's that was kind of different from coronavirus too. Is that you know emotions ran really really hot during coronavirus. It's like oh no you're 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 a dummy if you do this or you're 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 this because of that you know like vaccine news or like mask news and you know the market oh this is the market top i don't know why you're doing this i would sell if i were you or you know oh you're no you're stupid this is this is the market bottom now it's just kind of like we just kind of all just want things to get normal we want inflation to go down and you know we would love it if people didn't start a war right now right like i feel like people are getting more and more on the same page so that's that's the silver lining that i can see and i hope that you know uh, me explaining that can help you kind of see it too but anyway i'll see everybody next week on the i'll see everyone tomorrow for the live stream and then uh next week for the podcast thank you so much for listening especially for those that listened this far uh i love you all and uh i'll see you later See you later. Well, what did I just say? See you later. <laughs> I will see everybody later. Thank you. <laughs>